Matthew 15 is where we're at in God's Word. Matthew 15. If you guys look at the screen, I entitled this uh, message Inside Out. Who's seen that movie Inside Out? Okay, it's a great flick, all right? Uh, everyone thinks that I named my daughter Riley after the, the girl Riley. I didn't. I liked the name before that, all right? But it, it's a bonus, okay? Because everyone we, t- we come in contact with like, oh, you Inside Out fans. Yeah, sure, okay. I saw it once. That's it. And uh, great movie, though. And you got this, this message today is, is somewhat similar to how that movie goes. I mean, you can actually see they, they do a good job on uh, illustrating what goes in the minds of parents, children, men, women. It's, it's kind of crazy, and it's a, it's a funny illustration on how to um, present that. But it's somewhat similar into what Jesus actually has for us in Matthew 15. Because Jesus is always about what's inside of you rather than your outward appearance. Because everyone can put on a show, right? Everyone can wear a mask. Everyone can act like they're different when inside they're not. And Jesus actually says, I, I don't want to, I don't care about your outward appearance, although he, you know, he cares in, in somewhat, you know, we're, we're made in his image. But in reality, he says, I, I don't care what you look like on the outside. I don't care how you present yourself. All I care about is your heart. Is your heart right with me? It's, it's the inside that matters. We sang that song, from the inside out, God is calling us. God, God wants to shift. The, the world, though, talks about your outward appearance is what matters. The inside, that's just your private thing, whatever. The outside is what matters. It doesn't in God's economy. God says, I'm going to flip that. I, I want to know what's inside your heart, which will then illustrate or come out for your outward appearance. And, and I'm going to explain what he means. He's, he's going to rebuke some Pharisees. He always rebuked the Pharisees. He's going to kind of discipline and challenge his disciples as well. This is kind of a heavy teaching that they're going to hear. And I want you guys to hear this as well. On what God sees when he looks at us. And that he looks at the heart. The heart is the matter. But let's, let's dive in. Chapter 15, verse 1. Follow along and then we'll pray for a little bit and then dive in. But it says here, some Pharisees... And teachers of the religious law now arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. Now, they're not going to see him to get a little Bible teaching. They're coming to see him to trap him. All right? These are the Pharisees. They asked him, why do your disciples disobey our age-old tradition? For they ignore our tradition of ceremonial hand-washing before they eat. Okay. Jesus replied, and why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? For instance, God says, honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of of their father and mother must be put to death. But you say it's all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I already would have given you. In this way, you say they don't need to honor their parents. And so you cancel the word of God for the sake of your own tradition. You hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is farce. It's a, it's a show. It's false. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. And then Jesus called to the crowd, come and hear. He said, listen and try to understand. He says, it's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Let's pause and pray and then we'll, we'll keep going with this. But Lord, we just want to give this time to you. We, we thank you for what's going on in the life of the youth group. God, I pray for souls to, to come and know you in a deeper way. If, if there's someone in here, Lord, that doesn't know you in a personal way, I pray, Lord, that you would just touch them by your Holy Spirit. They would humble their hearts and come to you. And, Lord, that you would wipe us clean. God, we, we come, to, come to you as we are. 
And so we just want to give you our worries. We want to give you our doubts, our fears, our struggles. And we just want to lay them at your feet. Minister to our hearts today. Help us to know what it means to live from the inside out. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Raise your hand if you would consider yourself a germaphobe. Like you are just, you hate being sick. You hate germs. Okay, that's all right, because I'm, I'm, I'm in your club too. I'm a germaphobe. Got to wash my hands all the time, especially after I shake some of your hands, all right? I'm going to wash my hands. I'm like, okay, all right? Now, two of you doesn't, doesn't really care about germs, and you just are like, you know, I'm, I'm immune to it. I just don't really care about being clean, if, if whatever. Like, raise your hand. Just be honest. Like, I, I'm okay. I'm not like a germaphobe freak. I'm okay to be a little messy or whatever. That's all right, all right? Now... For those of you that actually, is there anyone in this room, because I asked the first service, is there anyone in this room that actually doesn't care about washing their hands before they eat? Is that, that's, I know that's gross. All right, there's some, maybe there's a little bit of you like, yeah, I don't care. Now, I don't mean to single you out, but if you were living in this time, um, you would have been uh, ridiculed and said that you're, you're going to hell because of that. Awful. Okay? Pharisees. Here's where, here's where we're at. The Pharisees come to Jesus and say, Jesus... Why do your disciples disobey our tradition? And he explains the tradition. Our tradition says from the age-old law that you must ceremonially wash your hands before you eat. Your disciples are eating before they have washed their hands, Lord. What do you say about that? And Jesus rebukes them basically with a great comeback and says, Well, why do you, by your traditions, violate the direct commandments of God? And they're like, what? And he explains it. The Pharisees were a religious group that came around 200 years, roughly, before Jesus even was born. And it was a group of religious people that thought, you know what, we need to add a little more rules and a little more regulations to what already God gave us, which was the Ten Commandments. They added about 300-plus laws, which they considered rules, that every person who's righteous should live by. Let me give you some examples. One of them was this. If you don't wash your hands before you eat, you may be going to hell. That's crazy, all right? And we laugh at that, but that's what they believed. That's what their tradition was. And it became so normal, and the people became numb to it, that they always, okay, i got to wash my hands because i got to be clean before I eat, or, or God's going God's gonna to judge me. Another one was this. One of their rules was you could not spit, like, on the Sabbath. Now, their Sabbath day was Saturday, ours is Sunday. I'm not going to get into why that is, but anyway, if you came to church right now at Cornerstone, and you were to spit on, say, mulch or some grass or even some sand. You're walking to church, and I've got to get this, this loogie out. I've got to spit right now, okay? Mmm, yum. Uh, you got to make it like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tending to spit as well a lot. I spit a lot. i got to always just like, you know, i got to clear my throat or whatever. If you were to do that on the Sabbath, it would be violation of the law because here's what happens. Your spit could roll on either the grass, the dirt, or the sand and create a burrow, and be, possibly a seed could get in. It could harvest a plant, and a tree would grow, and thus you'd be harvesting, thus you would be working on the Sabbath. You cannot do that. Stupid. Seriously, where do they come up with this? Here's another one. For you ladies especially. When you would grow older, and women would see the gray hairs coming out in their hair, okay, it's going to happen, I'm just telling you. I mean, you look good now, but I'm telling you it's going to happen. But that's okay. okay. God's made us that way, and that's just, just a sign of great old age. It's good. Okay, anyway. He says, you can, the, the rule said you could not pluck a hair out. If you see a gray hair when people go to the mirror and pluck it out, especially on the Sabbath, because if you did that, 
you could be breaking a rule by harvesting, you're, pull, you're plucking out that hair, that hair could fall somewhere and grow and, and create fertilizer or whatever, and when you did that, you're working by doing this. You just worked. You might be in violation of the fires of hell. I'm not even kidding. This is what they have. That's just two examples of 300. So here are the Pharisees now, coming to Jesus, saying, Jesus, your disciples, look what they're doing, not washing their hands. What do you say about this, Jesus? Jesus rebukes them. Because I'm tired of your little traditions. They're not even the law of God. It's not even the law. Your little man-made traditions are now violating God's word. And he gives them an example. He says, you know the law. One of the commandments of the law was to honor your father and mother. And actually, one of the punishments, capital punishment, for disrespecting your parents was death. Thank God that we live under grace. Amen? Amen. In that time, God was setting a standard, but it was pretty brutal. If children were to disrespect their parents, their parents had the right to actually stone them and kill them. That was capital punishment. Wow. All right? Now Jesus says, hey, you know what the law says. Honor your father and mother. Anyone who disrespects their father and mother should be stoned. Now thank God we love our grace because all of us would be dead by now. Okay? Here's what he's saying. He says also in verse 5, but you say that it's all right for people to say to the parents, sorry, I can't help you because I have a tithe, I have an offering, I have a vow to give to God. And I can't help you, mom and dad. Here's what he's saying. There was a tradition in, the, in, in ancient Judaism that money, if you made a vow to give to the Lord some money, that was great. But also, the children, when they became older, were supposed to take care of their parents. Just as it is today, that's why God says, honor your father and mother. Not obey. Honor goes even deeper than obedience. To honor them. But the, the kids could make some vows. And the Pharisees said, this is okay to do this because you made a commitment to God to give that money. And even if your parents are sick and in bed and almost to their deathbed, you need to give that money to God because you vowed to God. You can't help your parents. So Jesus is saying, you actually say to people, you can tell your parents, sorry, I can't help you because I made a vow to God to give my money to him. I can't help you, mom and dad. Jesus says, you don't, you don't see that that's, that's where it's wrong? And he, and he tells them, he says, in this way, you say that they don't need to honor their parents. Because they take it one step further. Well, you're honoring God. Jesus says, no, God's going to bless you when you do the practical right thing by honoring your parents. Give that money to your parents. God's going to take care of you. He doesn't need that money. He says, please give back to me, but he wants to bless you. And he says, no, the practical thing would be to help your parents. But the Pharisee says, nope, no matter what circumstance, help God. Give to God. Jesus says, no, you're wrong. You violate the word of God. You cancel it for the sake of your own tradition. He was rebuking them. Then he calls them hypocrites. Hypocrite in the Greek word basically meant actor. That's where we get our word, hypocrito. It means you put on a mask. You're not someone who you really are. You're pretending to be somebody else. That's a hypocrite. See, the Pharisees would say all these great things, but then they wouldn't live by it. So Jesus rebukes them. He only rebuked the Pharisees, by the way. He never rebuked anybody else that was in sin, any other person that was, that was fallen away. He always reached out his hand of grace, but mixed with truth. But with the Pharisees, he says, I don't like you guys. You're hypocrites. All right? And look what he says. Isaiah the prophet, he was right about you. He gets into Isaiah now, and he's like, and now the prophet, they, they knew Isaiah. He was like, you guys know Isaiah? Yeah, he was right when he talked about you guys. Because you preach about me and sing about me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. It's all about tradition and lip service, but never a heart issue with them. See where Jesus is going with this? And I love what he actually says. Look what he says in verse 10, and we're going to keep reading the rest of the passage. It kind of gets kind of funny. It says, then Jesus called to the crowd 
to come here and listen. And he said, try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. It's not about eating you know, right or, or clean, washing your hands. It's not about that. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. And I love this. Then the, the disciples came to him and asked, do you realize that you offended the Pharisees by what you just said? You've offended the Pharisees, Jesus. Look what Jesus says. Every plant not planted by my Heavenly Father will be uprooted. Ignore them. That's what he says. I love it. The, the, the disciples are kind of being, they're, they're in a weird place. They want to please the crowd and the Pharisees, but they also want to please Jesus. And they pull Jesus aside. Jesus, uh, do you understand? You just offended them. They're offended. You, you brought, I don't think you should have gone there. Jesus says, really? Every plant that my Father did not plant will be uprooted. So ignore them. Don't even buy into them. He says, don't even, don't even give them the time of day. Look what he keeps saying. He says in verse 14, ignore them. They are blind guides leading the blind. And if one blind, per, blind person guides another, they'll both fall into a ditch. And he wasn't trying to be funny. He was being practical and, and, and serious. He was saying, these Pharisees are blind spiritually. And they're leading my people who are blind spiritually. And if a blind person leads a blind person, not, nothing's going to go right. They're going to fall. He says, so I rebuke them. They are not teaching valuable, valuable, godly principles. It's about the heart. And then I love this. It keeps getting better. Verse 15. Then Peter, we love Peter, he said to Jesus, uh, Explain to us the parable that people that aren't defiled by what they eat. Basically, translation, Jesus, can you explain what you just said? We're hard of hearing with these parables. Later in the Gospels, it actually says that Jesus talks in parables, but then he plainly says what he says. And the disciples say, Thank you, Jesus for finally speaking without using a parable. They actually are like, thank you, Lord. Jesus said, do you know why I speak in parables? It's because you don't understand. And then look what he says. He says to Peter, don't you understand yet? I love this about Jesus. Another translation in one of the Gospels says that he calls Peter dull. I love that. Peter says, you've offended the Pharisees, Jesus. And can you explain to us what this parable means? We don't understand. Jesus says, uh, you're kind of dull, Peter. Do you not get it? Like Jesus, I love Jesus. Sense of humor, and he was straight to the point. You are so dull, Peter. Peter's like, okay. All right. It's the Son of God, Messiah, called you dull. Yes, Lord. Okay, I am dull. Anyway, that's what it is. Look what he says here. Don't you understand yet? Verse 17. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. It's basic biology. But the words you speak come from the heart. That is what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. See where he's going with that? He says, disciples, crowd, don't you listen to me. Don't listen to what these Pharisees are saying. It's not about washing your hands before you eat. It's not about anything on the outward appearance. It's not about what you eat, if it's wrong or not, that goes in you. It's what comes out of you spiritually. Because what, what comes from the mouth actually comes from the heart. I mean, he's, he's not talking about the organ that pumps blood, although that's true. The heart, though, is the seat of your emotion, your will, your soul, basically, your being. And what comes out of the mouth actually comes from the heart, deep within. And he says, here's what comes from the mouth. Here's what comes from the heart. He gives us a long list of some sins. From the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, lying, slander. That long list applies to all of us. 
The word sexual morality is pornea. It means pornography, what we, what we use in our English translation. Evil thoughts. Murder. Jesus says it's not only that if you do the physical act of murdering, it's actually if you hate your brother to the intent of killing them, you're also in sin. He also talks about slander. Lying. Slander is just another word for gossip. Gossip is a big deal in God's book. It's sin. Theft, wanting to steal something. Adultery. Lying and slander. All these come from the heart. So he says these Pharisees, they look the part. They look on the part on the outside. But on the inside, they're rotten, dirty, and evil. Because they haven't, they haven't let me cleanse themselves yet. And this applies to all of us today right now. I don't know where you are with your relationship with the Lord. I don't even know if you have a relationship with the Lord. I hope you do. What Jesus talks about is not about what you look like to other people. It's about what you look like inside to the Lord that matters. I want to list off a couple, couple verses here on the screen. We'll close with these three words. These three words about what it means to be living from the inside out. You've got to know, you know your heart. And you've got to know the way God's created us. But the way we've taken it from when Adam and Eve sinned, and we live in a sinful world now, a fallen world, sinful nature, here's what God's word really says out of these, out of these three characteristics. Recognize, realize, receive. If you have a, a pen or pencil handy, you can write these down. I'll let you take your, your iPhone out if you need to write it on your notebook or whatever. Recognize, realize, receive. We've got to write these down, all these verses. Look what it says here. For recognize, what do I mean by that? Recognize that your heart is wicked, deceitful, and evil. Thanks, Tyler, for the encouragement. I'm just telling you, our hearts are. If you don't recognize that your heart is deceitful, wicked, and evil, you don't need a Savior. Why? Because you're perfect. But the Bible actually says, no one is perfect, no, not one. No one is righteous. We all fall short of God's glory. We're all sinners. And if you don't know that your heart's wicked, why would you even come to church? Why do you need to know about Jesus? You don't. But actually you do, because our hearts are far from the Lord, because they're wicked. Here's, here's some examples, and here's, here's what I'm talking about. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, here's the verse. Jeremiah says, The human heart is the most deceitful of all things, and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But then the Lord answers, I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. God knows our heart. We're, we're, no, we're, we're no match for the Lord, and we're not getting away with anything that we think we're getting away with when it comes to the Lord. That's not to scare us, but that's to show reverence and appreciation and respect. God knows our hearts. He examines every secret motive from within. But Jeremiah is saying the human heart's the most deceitful thing on the planet, the most wicked thing. But God actually sent his son Jesus to die for that heart, to be cleansed. Look at Psalm 51.10. Here's what David says. King David, when he committed his sin with Bathsheba, the adultery sin. Here's what he writes. Psalm 51. It's a repentance psalm. He says, Creating me a clean heart, or pure, in the Hebrew word, O God, and renew a loyal and steadfast spirit within me. Now, why would he have to tell God, creating me a pure heart? Because he knew his heart was wicked. If God wants to create a new heart in you, it's because the old heart was wicked and evil and dangerous. David says, create in me a pure heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. I recognize that I'm a sinner. I recognize that I need you. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would change my heart from the inside out. David understood that. Jeremiah understood that. Number two is realize, realize what? Realize that God cares about our heart, not our appearance. 
this is our culture, our culture of, our, our, of appearance and identity and looking good. That's your, that's your generation right now in high school, too. How many people will judge by the way you look? And I love what actually God says, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. The Lord says, the Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now that story actually goes back to David. When King David was about to be anointed king over Israel, Samuel was sent by God to the house of Jesse. And he goes to Jesse and says, Jesse, I'm supposed to anoint one of your sons to be king. Can you bring them out? He brings out five or six young strapping lads, all right? Good looking, handsome, they're buff, they're ready for war. And he goes down the line and God says, nope, not that one. Nope, not that one. Not that one. Until all the boys were left and, and they, they had already been chosen and picked. And, and Samuel says, well, Jesse, there's got to be another kid because uh, the Lord has said none, no to these. And the Lord, the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, the Lord does not look at the outward appearance. I'm looking at the heart and none of these guys, their heart is with me. Samuel says, Jesse, you've got to have somebody else. He says, oh, yeah, uh, there is one, tending sheep. He's dirty, he's pimply. I, I didn't think you wanted to see him. No, bring him out. He brings him. God says, Samuel, that's it. Samuel says, Jesse, this is the one. This is the one that God is going to anoint king over Israel. All the brothers must have been like, seriously, David, really? Plays the harp, writes poetry, tends the sheep? I don't think, I don't think he's going to be a warrior, dude. All right, but God chose him because his heart... Will matter. His heart is what matter. Man looks at the outward appearance, the Lord actually looks at the heart. Jeremiah 12, verse 3. Here's what Jeremiah says again about the Lord. But as for me, Lord, you know my heart. You see me and test my thoughts. If when we realize that God cares about our heart, not our appearance, then God knows your heart, He knows your thoughts. Not to scare us, but just to know that he is all-knowing and he wants that relationship with you and with me. Once you recognize that our heart is wicked above all else, someone's got to save our, hell, our hearts and someone's got to save us from the fires of hell, who's that going to be? God sends his son, Jesus, who is the perfect lamb to be slain for us. Jesus sacrifices himself on the cross. But once you recognize that your heart is wicked, you have to realize that God actually cares about that heart. God created that heart. God created you. In his image. He cares. Don't let anyone judge you by your outward appearance. Don't, let, don't ever look in the mirror. And let these thoughts creep in like, I'm not good enough. I don't look good enough. No one cares about me. Because actually, God doesn't care what's on the outside. He's only looking what's on the inside. And what's on the inside is very beautiful to him. When it's a pure and clean heart. Amen. Amen, Amen that God doesn't judge us for how we look. I love what First Peter chapter 3 Verses 3 through 4, ladies, this is mostly for you. It's a beautiful, beautiful passage. 1 Peter 3, verses 3 through 4 says, Don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. All right? H&M's got nothing. Look what he says, verse 4. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Isn't that awesome? All the guys were like, mm, okay. The girls are like, that's so precious. It is. See, God loves you from the inside out. God's writing a message. Don't worry about your clothes. Don't worry about how you look. God's made you the way he's made you, male and female. Your identity's in Christ. All this confusion now in our culture. 
God's created you in his image. And he doesn't look at your outward appearance to define who you are. He looks at your heart and he says, the most precious thing that you can ever wear is to clothe yourself with my spirit and to say, I'm, I'm yours, Lord. With a gentle and quiet spirit, that's what's precious to the Lord. Ladies, I should hear an amen from that. <laughs> Last but not least, receive. Once we recognize that the heart's wicked, once we realize that God cares about our heart, not the way we look, we can realize that the peace of God ministers to our hearts. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, it's on the screen. But it says, then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can ever understand. And he says, the peace that passes all understanding will what? It will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What's my heart need guarding from? Oh, I don't know. This, in, this sinful world? Bad influence? Evil all around us? Hollywood? Social media that's everywhere? It's at our fingertips. God says, I want the peace that passes all understanding, my peace, to guard your heart and your mind. Your hearts and your mind are basically intertwined together. He says, I want to guard that by only my son, Jesus. See, we can receive now the peace of God which ministers to us. And that's what Jesus was saying. Because look again when he says in verse 18, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. The bad things from your heart that comes out, God wants to wipe that clean. God wants to make you whole. He not only wants to heal you, he wants to clean you. Sin has caused us to be so dirty, nasty. Isaiah compares us to dirty old rags. When you, when you basically take your car out for a wash, or you're, you're using the same rag to, to wash everything in your house or whatever, or something dirty, you want to you know, wash your tub or something that's disgusting, a toilet, something that's a disgusting rag. Isaiah says that's what we are without God. But once Jesus comes in the picture, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and then God sees Jesus through us and says you're now righteous and you're now a child of me. I don't like how the culture of today says this, says that we're all children of God. Actually, we're not. That's not biblical. Did you know that? We can all come together. We're all equal because we're all children of God. No, we're not. The Bible actually makes it clear that you're not a child of God until God adopts you into his family. Why does he adopt you into his family? Because you've received his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit to, in, to come into your life and now you trust him. And then God says, now come into your inheritance, to your kingdom. I adopt you now as sons and daughters. Adoption is a beautiful thing in our culture today. Adoption is a beautiful thing in this world. It's a reflection, just a small glimpse of how God sees us. He adopts us now into his family. The Bible is always about you were once separated from God, and now you're adopted into his family. So don't ever think like, oh, we're all just children of God. I can live the way I can live, the way I want to, and I'm still a child of God. You're actually not. You're deceiving yourself. Don't think that. The Bible also says your heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. Don't follow Disney Channel. What it says, follow your heart. Sorry, Disney, I'm not doing that. It's all about your heart. Follow it. Thanks, Disney Channel, for deceiving me, all right, from my youth. I don't want to follow my heart. Why? It's wicked. It's deceitful. It's evil. Without Christ. God says, though, when you come into a relationship with me, I change you from what? The inside out. A lot of people think that I've got to come to God already clean. No. You come to God how you are and who you are, and then he cleans you. Isn't that awesome? 
All other world religions will say, you've got to come to your God already good, fixed, and clean. Jesus says, no, I just want you to come to me as you are, and I'll clean you. I want to wipe every tear from your eye. I want to wipe every sin that you've committed in your past, the sin that you're in right now, a sin that you may be in the future. God knows our thoughts. He knows our evil intentions. And he says, Pharisees, I don't want to hear this ever more from you again. What you're teaching, your little traditions, it's not righteous to me. It's not about legalism. It's about grace. God has given us grace. Amen. God loves you so much. Can't express that enough. Some of you don't think that you're loved. Some of you don't think that you're good looking or pretty enough. Some of you don't think that you're accepted enough. God sees you. He sees where you're at. He doesn't like our sinful state. He wants to fix that. But he says, come as you are. I'll fix you. I'll change you. I'll make you more like my son, Jesus. The Pharisees didn't get it. See, we can be just like a Pharisee. Did you know that? There are Pharisees today in the church where our lips will praise Jesus, we'll sing and worship in the the house of God, but then our hearts are far from Him. Because you'll go do another thing with your other friends, you'll go party on the weekends, but come to church singing with your lips. This is a challenge for us. It's a very hard challenge, and this is a hard thing to do living as a Christian. But when God calls us, God calls us, He gives us His grace. He said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. When we're weak, God makes us strong. He loves us so much. He wants to cleanse your heart. But you've got to recognize it's wicked. Lord, cleanse me. I realize that you care about my heart. I want to receive your peace to guard my heart. I don't want any more influence in this world. If there are ways you can get rid of some temptation or influences in your life or some things you follow or people you follow on social media, get rid of it. If it's only leading you down a wrong path, why do you follow it? God says, get rid of all that. So I want to cleanse you. I want to make you whole once again. Don't be like the Pharisee, the hypocrite, that wears a mask and says, everything's good, I'm good with God. But your heart's far from Him. We need to check our hearts. The Bible says to examine your heart. God tests our heart. We have to examine our own heart to see if we're right with God. And the dangerous thing is that some people, the world out there, some of them will think, I'm right with God because I'm a good person. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Your good works will never save you. The Pharisees' good works will never save them. They, 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 they were lost. But see, we know the power of Jesus and his grace and his strength to heal us, to cleanse us. We don't need to be healed first. We need to be clean. And God will do that. Amen. Let me pray for you guys. I love you all. I want to pray for those that are kind of struggling with taking things out of their hearts. Every, every sin that God listed in that, in that passage, slander, gossip, lying, pornea, theft, evil thoughts, we're all going through that. God says, that's what comes out of your heart, but I can make you clean. I can make you whole again. So don't, don't mock God. Don't don't play games with God. He knows our hearts. He knows what we're going through. And I'm not going to ask everyone to share their deepest, darkest secret. That's stupid. God already knows it. You can give it to the Lord. That's grace. 
No, we're no longer under the law, basically, of legalism. We're under grace and truth, and God wants to make you clean. So I want to pray for some of you that still need to check their own heart to get rid of some things that shouldn't be there. To say, God, I, I recognize I'm a sinner. I realize that you care about me so much. You care about my heart, most, most importantly. So I receive your peace. Because some of you don't have that peace. There was a time where I didn't have that peace. And I was striving to make myself look good for other people. When in reality, I just needed to do a simple heart check and say, God, I am who I am in you. I don't care what other people think. I'm confident in you. I want you to clean my heart. And I want you to make me whole again. Because when, you, when God cleans our hearts, then our outward appearance follows that. People will then see something about you that's different and say, what do you have that I don't? Why are you so happy? Why are you so joyful? You don't even cuss like we do, and you're happy. Yeah, it's because Jesus lives in my heart. It changed me. Let me pray for you guys. We'll be done and close. Once you got back, guys, bow your head, close your eyes, no distractions, no cell phones out. I want us to get right with the Lord. I want us to check our hearts, examine them. Let the Lord test your heart.